0: Welcome everyone to the Purposely Thriving Podcast, where we are growing, evolving, and becoming into our highest self in every area of our lives so that we are able to live authentically and whole as we step into a new chapter. I am your host, Tanya Carter, and thank you for joining and tuning in with me this week. I want to pose a question to you all who's listening right now. And that question is, if I were to ask you, what are your body beliefs? then what would you say? So like when you look at the look in the mirror and when you look at your body, what beliefs do you hold about it? And the reason why I ask this question is because when it comes to our bodies, I've realized that we have unknowingly established a conditioned belief that either our bodies are unique, they're beautiful and deserving of love and acceptance, or that our bodies are inadequate, unlovable, and that other bodies that are different than ours are more deserving of love and approval. And these messages that we have in regards to the relationship that we've established with our bodies, they have been influenced by various sources, okay? Sources such as television, movies, magazines, the media, societal pressures, religion, to even our family dynamics, which I definitely want you all to pay attention to in terms of how our parents maybe have commented on our physical appearance, to even imposing dietary restrictions, to even body comparison to maybe our siblings, our classmates, our friends, our cousins, which over time can form beliefs that your body falls short of expectations, that your body lacks desirability, to even that you must conform to a certain standard to be worthy of love and acceptance not to mention that the absence of diverse representation it reinforces that belief that there is a specific type of body that is deemed to be acceptable attractive and desirable and how you see your body impacts your self esteem which leads to things such as eating disorders cosmetic surgery Suicidal thoughts to even unhealthy dieting. And it's essential to clarify that this doesn't mean that you shouldn't pursue a healthier lifestyle. That's not what we're indicating here. It's crucial to recognize that there is no universal accepting standard of attractiveness for all individuals, meaning that it's not the same across the board. So embracing your uniqueness involves understanding that there is a wide range of body types. And they all possess its own beauty and worth. And that there's no specific body type that serves as the ultimate standard for, conven- for being considered lovable or unlovable. And that's really important. And what I wanted to do today is that I wanted to talk about it, but I didn't want to talk about it by myself. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to bring my home girl, my friend. Um, I met Jasmine back in 2019 we actually wrote our book together. Um, We were in the same um, program to write our books. And that's how I met Jasmine. And when I tell you her energy is just off the chain. And when I met her at that time, she was working with um, mothers, black mothers specifically in regards to fitness. And she's definitely pivoted from that. She's grown, she's evolved. Um, She now is doing social media marketing and she's also a messaging expert who guides and empowers high achieving coaches and consultants, how to magnify their message, authentically connect with their audience and convert them into loyal customers without ever having to sell. Mm-hmm. But I wanted Jasmine to come on to talk about something that's quite different. I wanted us yeah. to talk about body confidence,
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know, and loving the skin that you're in because um, that was a, a space that she dominated in very well. And um, I've seen Jasmine, um, her progress and her working with other women. And I wanted to talk about it because this, this is not about weight loss or weight gain. This is, this is not what this conversation is about. This is about loving your body, you know, no matter where you are on the scale, no matter where you are, just loving the skin that you're in. And so without further ado, Jasmine, I appreciate you coming here. Thank you so much for being a guest today. I really appreciate it.
2: Yes, I'm so happy and ecstatic and I don't know all the words to be here. Um, very, very much appreciative and honored to be on your platform again. I think you are amazing. You do amazing things and I am super excited about this topic, honey. Yes, get me back to my face. <laughs> so um, thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. I was like, you know what? Jasmine will be perfect for this. And I, cause I was like, who can I get to talk about this? And I instantly thought of you. So I called her and I was like, Hey girl, can you, you know, get on the podcast and talk about this? And she was like, girl, yeah. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm glad that you're here. And I wanted to first open up a little bit about you and your journey um, of body confidence, because I think it starts with ourselves. And so um, in regards to, you know, um, I know you, not it hasn't been that long ago since you had your your son right mm-hmm. and i know prior to him you you were very um you know you you i saw you working out i saw yeah. you in the gym i saw yes. you um you know very adamant about you know fitness and and women cultivating a healthier lifestyle but prior to that did you ever experience body confidence issues of your own
2: well honestly yes i did so um just going back to middle school high school actually uh, and my body confidence was a little bit different the struggle in my body confidence was a little bit different than when it what it was when i got older so when i was younger in my adolescence my body confidence was low because i had more of an athletic build i wasn't so i'm from the deep south i'm from southwest georgia camilla georgia to be exact with their cornbread fed down there honey they they like them shapely baby Um, but I was just one of those females who were naturally muscular, um, very skinny, very petite, um, athletic body. I ran track, played basketball, things of that nature. And so when I was younger, um, just to be like, quite honest, like the guys didn't go for girls like me, you know, I was a little bit of a tomboy, um, again, very athletic, um, and. They wanted something a little bit more curvier, more softer things or that softer look. And so I struggled with my body confidence in that way because I'm like, oh, you know, of course, I want to look like the other girls. Um, Even so much so that um, I had friends who and I don't know if you guys did this or heard about this or whatever, but I had friends who were literally on birth control just to gain weight to get that shapely look. Um, wasn't engaging in sex or anything like that. And plus their parents were taking, um, you know, precaution because we were younger and, and things happened. My mama wasn't having it. And I would be crazy to ask her because I was tempted. I was like, honey, I want to get these shakes like everybody else. You know, they out here thick and I want to be thick too. But mommy wasn't having it. Um, but even even contemplating that at a very young age and knowing that I had friends, um, like I said, that were on birth control just so that they could get sicker. Um, And so the confidence at that time was a little bit different. Um, And as I grew older and, um, you know, got into adulthood, um, I still had that muscular build. And um, after having my first son, uh, having that muscular build and just being an athlete, really, really paid off because that's when the snapback queen was born. Okay. Um (laughs) I was like at a hundred and I had never been over 135 pounds at the time. And I think I got up to 190 at maybe 190 at um birth of my first son, Christian, who is 13 now. Um and and I mean in a matter of a few weeks, like lost it, was at one back down to like 165. And 160, 165 for me at that time was everywhere I had always wanted to be. Like I had my little curves. I still had my little muscles. Like I was good. And so um I felt really, really good about myself. But then I ended up moving to Atlanta. So here I am girl from southwest Georgia very limited eateries you know we do you know all the soul food and things like that but there's no eating out there's like not a variety of um restaurants and things like that so I moved to Atlanta where there's everything right and I'm in education at the time and the school that I'm actually working for it was the first time that you could leave the campus for lunch to go to lunch so you know, I'm following everybody else and I'm indulging in everything. Don't give me anything. Don't give me no food chains that they have down there from where I'm from. Give me everything else. And I started to eat. And before I knew it, I was bigger than life, honey. I was I was big. Mm-hmm. And um I noticed that my body confidence changed then because what I was used to and what I used to did not like and what I was trying to get to or what I thought I was trying to get to when I was younger I I done it and I overdone it. And so then I went on a mission to get back to me. And that was the very like first time to get back to me. Um, Started working out, working out really hard and got back to my body, got back down to the 160, so to speak. And it's not about the number. It was really the look for me. Um, But I know people can kind of like grasping numbers and during that time that's when I was introduced to the sport the art of bodybuilding just simply how my body started to shape and to form Mm -hmm. Um, a gentleman I was dating at the time introduced me to bodybuilding and I absolutely fell in love because it was the first time where pretty beautiful women with muscular bodies had a space and I was like oh I found my people oh, I found my tribe. Like, oh my God. um, And I learned so much about nutrition. I learned so much about the body and different types of body and what works and what doesn't. Um, But I also, what a lot of people don't understand about bodybuilding is even in that, there then becomes a different type of look and thought process about your body you're literally in a sport where you're being judged on how you look and that can then take a toll on your thought process about how you look just naturally outside of when it's time to step on stage and so even going through that experience and looking at my body a little bit differently getting it to where I needed it to be where I wanted it to be where I felt like I was in the best shape of my life I looked the most amazing um, but it did come with some having to do mindset work because the body confidence changed for another reason. And so at this point, now we have three different thought processes about what the body is supposed to look like from adolescent to adulthood. And there are three different phases of of life. And all in that space, um, one thing that I can say when it came to body confidence is that uh, one thing that I had to do is get into my mind, I make a decision about what I needed and what I wanted for that to look like, what I wanted mm. to um, look like in those spaces. And um, that's kind of like how it started for me. And from the bodybuilding thing, um, probably my second show, I found out I was in I ended up finding out I was pregnant with my second son, mm. which took me into a whole nother um chapter of my life and a whole different body because here I was an athlete a bodybuilder um someone who's looking at my body best shape of the life of my life and now guess what my body's changed again now I'm back in mommy mode I'm back in pregnancy mode I'm back in oh my god I've done all of this work <laughs> to look this good and now the mom body is coming back and I wasn't ready for it especially thinking about the situation that I was going through at the time, which was very traumatic, which bloomed and blossomed into uh, the business that you spoke of, the Black Fitness Mommy brand that I uh, was able to build, the fitness business that I was able to relaunch. Um, because through that time and going through those seasons and spaces um, with my body and health and wellness, I became a personal trainer, a group trainer, and my goal was to help women to help moms really really start to love and love on their bodies and be very good to their bodies and so here i am going through another space and another season that i thought was going to be so detrimental um that took me through some depression but really blossomed um to something very beautiful it was really 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 like truly a blessing in disguise and allowed for me to connect with the women that were called to me um and gave me just a a different a whole plethora of knowledge and information and what to do's and what not to do's and what you can do and the realization you said earlier that it's not one size fits all um that there's certain things that work for certain people but it really comes down to how are you going to love yourself in the moment that you're not um fond of or most fond of what you may look like in the mirror, what you may feel like inside. How do you find that space to love you where you are so you can love you beyond that to get to where you want to be?
0: No, that's good. I'm glad that you mentioned about be having that athletic bill because I think the the misunderstanding can also be if you're what society would consider to be overweight Mm -hmm. or obese Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever terminology word they like to use. But I think they, I think there's this misconception like, wow, you have such an athletic bill. I mean, your body is like, you shouldn't have body confidence issues. You know what I mean? Even in the, I didn't even think about bodybuilding Mm -hmm. and like somebody's literally (laughs) judging your body and the, the, the confidence around that in terms of what you perceive that to be about yourself can really Mm -hmm. take a toll, um, on your mental health. It could cause you to even feel like you have to work harder in the gym. Yeah. You know, yes. mm, I didn't even think about that.
2: Yeah. And and most people, most people don't like it does take a level of confidence to get on that stage for women. We're we're up there in bikinis, you know, very skimpy bikinis because they want to see your muscles. They want to see your build. But then every division, there are certain divisions, there are um, certain leagues. And then there are certain categories that you are. I was in figure at the time. So there was a certain structure of my body that my body had to be. So I had to have a coach that knew how to hit those specific places or, or those specific muscles to, to sculpt me. That's why it's called bodybuilding to sculpt me for as close to perfection to win. Okay. And you can mm-hmm. go very far in this sport. You can make a lot of money in this sport, but it takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of, um, it takes a lot of work, a lot of dedication, a lot of, uh, financial stuff uh, financial means as well because there's just so many intricate pieces and so think about doing pouring all of that into this one body to to get on stage to have four to five people say yes no yes no yes no yes no and either you can come out on top or you can't um and then you're looking at yourself like getting in the best shape of your life Mm -hmm. And let's say on stage to you, you're beautiful, but then there's an off season where you get a little softer and you,
1: mm-hmm.
2: if you don't have the right mindset, it's like, oh my God, what's happening to my body? Am I going to lose all my results? And so it takes a lot, a lot of mental capacity to even do that. And most people will see bodybuilders or fitness enthusiasts and like, oh my God, they, they they're just all together here and a lot of them are not it's just the nature of the sport so um like with anything it takes a lot of mindset work um but we also find ourselves really really indulging in that that body shaming at some point um what did you
0: yeah what were some of the mindset challenges that you found yourself having
2: so um when I really noticed I noticed with me and then I also had a male cousin who um I coached for a little bit he he got into the sport. I learned enough to coach him until he got his first pro card, and then um we went on to a different coach that to get him further. but um, just the mindset of knowing that there is a stage body and then there's your body, and both are okay, both are Action.
1: great,
2: just like right. you have certain tools and resources that are meant to help you, um, achieve a certain goal. That's the same thing with your body. And you have to know that's what you're doing. And, um, when I got pregnant with my son, because my second son, Caleb, because of the situation that I was going through then it was all of that, like mixed into one. Like I have this perfect body over here. And this sport that I found that I absolutely love, that I really get to hone in on what I've always loved, which is the way I was built, right? Um, And I've poured so much into it. And now it's time for it to transition and shift. And I had to shift my mindset like, no, this is a, your body at this time is providing a different, it's a different type of resource to get to a different type of goal. So fixing my mind and understanding Get myself to a point that I can understand that just because we're not here in this bodybuilding world with this perfect body that you've made up in your mind, just because we're not here right now, doesn't mean you can't love where we're going with the mm-hmm. vessel that you have. So, mm. in all stages, that's what I mean, like really having to hone in and love on who you are and understand where you are and where you're going, what's the goal. So that was a mindset shift. um, another mindset shift was like, it's a sport. it is a sport. Mm-hmm. so reminding myself that it is what it is it's a sport, it's not something that's going to be forever it is something that you prepare for in the moment and then once that is over and you go to looking what most people may feel normal or you're normal that that's okay too because it's all a part of the process and then also um having the mindset that um it all works together it all works together um one thing that i noticed in my cousin He got a a whole lot of wins coming right into the sport. He looked amazing. But when that first loss came, Mm. it was like, "Mm." and he works hard. He works really, really hard. And so when you hear those judges, when you get on stage, you've done all this work and you hear those judges, you know, say, oh, no, this, you get your feedback and you start to question, am I doing the right thing? Um, is my body good enough can my body do this Mm -hmm. and if your mindset isn't correct if you like my cousin come in with all the good wins and then the losses start to come you start to question your value Mm -hmm. you start to question what you're doing you start to question your steps your resources are am I going in the right direction is this the right sport for me and that stuff can spill over into other things and other parts of your life Right. And also, having the mindset to know that things on the outside of the sport can also spill over into the sport, too. So, that's why you have to do that mindset work and that confidence work like full circle in all aspects of your life. Like, you really have to be grounded into yourself to be successful.
0: No, I absolutely, no, that's good. I love that. Um, you know, separating the fact that this is a sport this is not about whether or not if my body is good enough. Right. And I, and I think that was um a, a good way to put it. Now I know one of the things I saw and it wasn't, you know, it was something that you post, I know you posted your journey of your, you know, your current weight loss um, after you had your, your son. Right. Um. By the way, I it it looked amazing on both ends. That's just you know it was, but I, I love how vulnerable you was about your journey. Um, how was that for you? You know, after having another child, um, the last one. Yeah, like let's you know because here's the thing I think is it can be different during different times, especially if you have multiple children. Yes, you know what I'm saying, and. The body changes so much in women. It's it's so much that goes on internally um with our bodies and just knowing that you've had to do this again. Yeah. You know, how how was you know, how was that for you?
2: The last one was really rough. I, I the, okay. the Christian, my oldest, he was a breeze. He mm-hmm. he that that was a breeze. It was I enjoyed it. Um my second one, that was a lot because I was coming out of bodybuilding and then the relationship that I was in then. That was just a very, very emotional one. Um, this last one was a tad bit emotional, but it was more physically on my body because I have scoliosis. Um, I've had a uh, back injury um i've also had a torn acl so i have a um, acl repair and i'm older and so as we get older as women like you said earlier our bodies change our hormones change metabolism change that these are, are so many changes that we really have no control over so learning about those things through these processes um is what has helped me but the last one was extremely hard because i got heavier than I did with my second son. So each pregnancy, I've gotten heavier um, with um, each child. The other thing is that because I'm older, because I'm heavier, it's weighing on my body differently. So I started to have troubles with my hips and I could feel my hips spreading. um, And I was like, okay, it's just pregnancy. You know, your body is doing what it does. But it was something so off. I remember going to the doctor and I was telling my doctor, I said, something is, something is wrong. Something is right. Yeah, my back is hurting. My hips are hurting though. Um, and, and there were times that I could barely walk. And I remember uh, walking out of a doctor's appointment one time and she was walking behind me and she noticed that my hips were totally off. Um, and so uh, now we have a knee injury, back injury, hip. Now you're heavier. Um, and so I'm used to being very active when I'm pregnant. And so this was the first time that I wanted to be active, but I just felt like my body couldn't be. But then <laughs> I was in this cycle because I was like, Jazz, if you could just get up and move, maybe you'll feel better. But I couldn't get up and move because I was hurting. So it was like being trapped in that cycle that the one thing that you need to do, you can't do because it's, it's painful. And so I had to be real with myself being like, what are your limits? And once I found out what the limits were, but what can you do? Um, and so going through that pregnancy, going through those changes with my body after I had my son, um, I don't know if it was the epidural this time. I've had three C-sections. I don't know. And and that recovery is hard. It's very, very hard.
0: Yes, ma'am. Um,
2: so I don't know if it was the epidural that I got this time. I don't know what mm-hmm. it was, but... All I remember is in the hospital, you know, while I'm on the medications and everything, I could walk. I was fine. Um, Once I got uh, discharged and got home, we had made this whole plan that we're going to bring everything downstairs. I wasn't going to go upstairs and we were just going to take care for the baby down here, but I just couldn't move like I needed to, like I needed to be in the bed. And I can remember um, getting up and my uh, husband saying, like, you know, let's just go upstairs. And girl, I couldn't walk. I could not, like, it was hard. It was painful. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what is going on? And I was trying to go up the stairs and I could not lift my feet. Like, it was like my mind and my feet, like it wasn't connecting.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: I got scared. So my husband had to take everything upstairs and I'm sitting downstairs crying like, oh my God, like I can't move. Um, And he ended up having to help me walk upstairs or try to he couldn't even carry me because I was still so heavy um and that pregnancy I was immobile for about two weeks and then I could not walk unassisted whether it was somebody holding me or me holding on to the wall I couldn't do that by myself for about another week and a half and so that was very scary and that's a part that uh, a lot of people didn't know and so it had a lot to do with my hips i couldn't get the swelling down in my legs um just you know being a new mom um, my body trying to heal and uh it was it was very stressful and then at that time um i was i, I was full-blown entrepreneur and i had made the shift um, but I had also made the decision to go back in the classroom and I left right before I had my son, um, just so that we can get some finances and stuff together. Um, but there were a lot of emotional things that were going on too that affected my body. So that's where I'm big on your, um, emotions or your emotion affects your emotions. So the more that I was immobile, the more emotional I became. And so watching my body go through that transition, dealing with those uh, new ailments, dealing with the old ones getting a little bit worse and being heavy at the time and really couldn't do much, it took a a really big toll on my thought process and of course my confidence at the time. But luckily I had done a lot of um, inner work that I could keep myself leveled out um enough to try to try to get back but that last journey this last one has been hard um when I did come to a point where I could walk a little bit more where I was a little bit more mobile where I was a little bit more actionable um I made the decision that I wanted to lose the weight and me I am big on coaches I'm big on mentors yes I am um Uh, Yes, I've been a personal trainer, a group trainer. I've helped women lose 13, 14, 21 pounds in 21 days, still have that knowledge, still have that expertise, still do it to this day. But I believe that every good coach, every good mentor has a coach and a mentor and somebody to guide them. There's always something that you can't see. And so I went and hired a personal trainer, which taught me another lesson because all personal trainers are not created equal. And so here I am with a newborn trying to figure out how to get to the gym at 5, 5.30 in the morning for sometimes for my trainer not to show up. So then that causes a whole nother emotional thing because you you haven't gotten any sleep, you haven't gotten any rest, but you're going to the gym, you're trying to work out, you're getting back home, you're being a mom, now you're getting your kids up. Instead of one child mm-hmm. that you had at one time and two children, that third one brings a whole different aspect to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to the bun. <month. laughs> And so now having to get three children ready for the Mm -hmm. day so you can go to work and try to eat properly and then try to serve other people's children, it was just a lot on the mental and it was a lot on the body. Um, And I struggled a lot to lose the weight that last time. Um, So I had to fire that trainer Um, and I just had to get my emotional state back too because I really didn't want to be back in the classroom I wanted to be doing something differently and I was at a school at the time when they hired me, my doctor didn't even want me to go back to work because I just, I wasn't well, but you know how we get in those spaces where we just have to do what we have to do because we got to do what we got to do. You know, bills got to be paid. You got responsibilities. And honestly, sometimes, most times people don't care about how you feel. They just care about what you can get done. And so um, I remember getting hired at that job um, and it was right at the end of my six weeks and six weeks was not enough. It was right at the end of my six weeks. Mind you, I'm still a little bit immobile. And I remember holding my uh, six week old son in my arms and sitting in that job crying, feeling horrible in my body, feeling horrible in my spirit. Um, And... But it was. I was grateful at the same time because it, it forced me to get up and get moving again and mm-hmm. to face and accept what needed to be changed in order to give me a different type of motivation. Um, and so, yeah, again, it was just a decision that I made that I wanted to get me back, that I wanted to get my body back and that it was time for me to choose me again.
0: Yeah, I love that. Um, I, I wanted to ask a question cuz i know that you know I, what i definitely want to make sure that gets heavily influenced is still choosing to love your body on the journey of oh
1: yeah
0: um or even being okay with the body you have right mm-hmm. whatever whatever works for you and i know that you worked with women in the past cuz mm-hmm. it was called black fitness mommy i think right mm-hmm. yeah and so I'm sure you work with women. Of course, they were mothers. Um, they may have been married. Some may have been single mothers. What were some of the struggles that they had? Not in a way of just losing weight, gaining weight, wanting to tone. Not that. Yeah. What were they struggling with internally? Self prioritization. Um, what now?
2: Self prioritization. Loving and... themselves.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Choosing
2: themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm glad you asked that question. Um, and honestly, my, let me say this, Tanya, my whole mantra uh, that I live by now and that I really started to replicate in my brand and for when I work with women actually was birthed on uh, the podcast here. Um, because you asked me in that season, like, what made you be able to do this and to do that and and to take this situation and blossom. And I said, I chose me. And so my whole mantra became choose you and watch everything. Go choose you to keep yourself at the top of your priority list. And so that is what I started to really, really push. And so in my groups, I noticed that there were women that were really, really like killing it, striving. And I'm talking about just doing it effortlessly. Um, And I wondered like, what, what was that? And I realized what it was is that women, those women gave themselves permission to prioritize themselves, gave themselves permission to keep themselves at the top of their priority list. They gave themselves the permission to become self-aware and to know and understand that it was okay. Sometimes we have these misconceptions, and they can be biblical. They can be things that society has um, ingrained in us to make mm-hmm. us feel like we have to put other people before us all the time. And one of the uh, one of the sayings I love in the Bible, where where they're like, um, where God is like, "Love thy neighbor as thyself." Yes. That means that you have to first know how to love you and that's holistically that's inner spiritually mentally you have to love on yourself first and and what i found was that a lot of the women were um pouring into other people and neglecting themselves all the way and the struggles that they had was if they wanted to lose weight it was for something or somebody else outside of themselves.
1: Mm. and That's so, the part that
0: I was, I was trying to, I, I yeah. wanted to see what it what it really was yeah. deeply yeah. about. They, they, right? they
2: were doing it for other reasons. So my one of my rules in my group was that you do this solely for you. Because as women, we tend to forget that we came into this world alone. And we do a lot of the work that we do with this vessel. And so if we don't take care of this vessel. And if we don't make the decision to take care of this vessel for us, for solely us. And I used to tell people, I don't do this for my children. I don't. I don't do this. I don't, I don't take care of my body for my children. Now, how I take care of my body, how I prioritize myself, the byproduct, my children get taken care of. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm able to do the things that I need to do for them, for my clients and everything. But I do this for me. I am—I used to call it selfish until my therapist corrected me. She said it's not selfish; it's self-preservation. You have to preserve yourself in order to be able to do the things that we're called to do, supporting to the people that we are called to pour into. And so, the women that I was coming in contact with were not loving themselves. They were doing and making decisions solely on other people and other things and to meet goals. And they were nowhere in the equation. And that was the number one mistake that they made.
1: Mm.
0: So what was some of those things? Was it what their parents told them, what their spouses may have told them, their partners may have told them. So Um, it depends
2: on the woman because it's all of that. Like Mm -hmm. I said, I come from a small town in Southwest Georgia and this is where we eat. And, Men like a little meat on their bones, right? Mm. So you don't want no skinny woman. And if you're skinny and you're muscular, then you automatically are put in this category to where your sexual preferences are then questioned. Um, Mm. You know, what you like, what you don't like. Um, And and people start to make these different assumptions about you. Or, um, you know, that whole thought process that if you are... If you and I aren't the same size, that that means that you're unhealthy and I'm not, you know, and that is not the truth, too. So it's a plethora of things. And that's why it was very important for me as a coach and a mentor to get into the thought process of where these women were. To be able to bring them to the self-awareness and the self-acceptance so that they Mm -hmm. could change what they needed to change. And then yeah. to, to let them know and to show them specifically, again, how your motion. I'm all about movement. I don't care how you move, really. You know, me, I decide I can go to the gym, I box, I lift heavy weights. That's what I love to do. But I love to do it in that way. Especially in this season now, my encouragement is get up and move. I don't care how you do it. Do it the way that right. you love to do it because mm-hmm. we do things better longer and we do things with more effort when we love to do them we have gotten away from women women would get away from even knowing who they were and what they liked they we operate off of what other people need from us and not what we need internally
0: right that's how we and operate. so you you find yourself even changing your body absolutely to fit the standard as right. well
2: To fit Mm -hmm. the standard. But what is the standard? Because nobody really knows.
0: Because there really isn't one. It's not a, exactly. Right. Mm.
2: So though, yes, struggles from things that they've heard in the past that they've grown up with, like different traditions, way of eating, um, Mm -hmm. trying to please the body preference of maybe uh, a partner that they would like to be with um uh, a relationship they would like to be in trying to fit into their friend groups you know and and doing things to match what they thought the aesthetic should be um and and always focus on outward things rather than inward peace of self
0: Mm. so i know know. you struggles I know you said something along the lines of, cause I know we, we focus on, you know, divorces and, and breakups here on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I know you mentioned about even meeting the requirements of their relationship. Mm. How yeah. heavy is that? And, um, what are the, what are some of the areas that they tend to feel like they need to change in terms of their body?
2: So just, you know, being totally honest,
1: mm-hmm. that's the what third we want. area. <laughs> yeah.
2: When they would want to change, it it does go into their sexual experiences and how confident they feel mm-hmm. in the bedroom, how confident they feel naked, physically and emotionally.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and again, even with that, even like, wanting to please a partner, even mm-hmm. with that, mm-hmm. it was still the goal would still be to please the partner, not to be not to change the body so that you love what you look at in the mirror, regardless right. of what somebody else says.
1: Mm. And
2: when, when you step out the bed and you look at yourself and you be like, girl, I'm talking about, right. like, I had to get to a point myself to, I had to do the same work that I would help women do, especially this last time. Like really doing, I call it mirror work, um, pointing out those things and being awareness of the things that I didn't quite like about my body and then finding reasons to love them like my mommy marks my mommy marks on my stomach i hated them things
1: mm-hmm. baby
2: i was the girl in college that I always had on a crop top i was on a dance team i always had on a crop top mm-hmm. i probably had on me some um some little skimpy shorts or something with sports bra like like i dress now as an as an athlete I did that in college, but I had this nice six pack with this beautiful stomach. And I remember the first time when I had my first son, after I had him, the first thing I asked um, my husband, what my stomach looked like. Do I got stretch marks? That's why I was, I was, I hated it. And he was like, yeah, I was like, golly. But then looking at those marks and being like, you know what? Those marks are an indication that God gave me the blessing and the honor of being a giver of life.
1: Mm.
2: And it happened.
0: And when and your it, husband said that, did it make you feel some type of way?
2: Oh yeah, girl, I was, I was mad. I was mm. mad. I was mad. My beautiful stomach was messed up, honey. I was mad. And of course, with the first child, they weren't as significant as they are now, but I can say that I'm, I accept them. I love them now. Like, and I know there's a woman, there's women on the internet they have made businesses out of their imperfections and you know why because a lot of us feel we relate and we Mm -hmm. wish we could be that confident
0: correct that is true yeah Mm -hmm. So,
2: um, so the struggles would be struggles with, you know, wanting to please a partner, whether that was aesthetically wanting to, you know, feel more confident in the bedroom. And it was even the, it's the stamina in the bedroom as well, being able to do the things that they felt would please their partners. My only drawback to all of that was that they wanted to do solely for their partners, but it didn't come from a sense of, do you really want to do this? Cause you want to do it. Right do you, do you really want to change your body because of that? Um, the other things, jobs, they feel that they looked a certain way. If they, um, behaved a certain way, if they cared themselves, the hair was a certain way that they could achieve certain goals when it came, came to their careers. Um, and, um, also being confident. Like there are a lot of my clients that, had roles where they had to speak a lot or they had a lot or they had to be in front of audience and things of that nature. Um, and they wanted to feel mostly confident about those things as well. But a lot of times it came down to those, those relationships, those intimate relationships that they share with either romantic partners or friendships.
0: Mm, that's good. And I, I know we're talking about women, but I know I kind of want to talk about men too for a moment because this body confidence and body image doesn't just impact women, Mm-mm. right? It it also it, you started smiling. <laughs> so I'm assuming you've heard because I know I'm sure that even in working with women, you've had to talk to men. You know, and in terms of their their body confidence, what are what are some of the things that you've heard from them? So
2: from men, they um now it's not as hard on them from my experience is okay. they don't have the same structure or the mental strain to be perfect in their bodies as we do mm-hmm. because remember men are aesthetic so they want something good to look at now not that's not to say that we're not um but they're more aesthetic and they are more worried about being providers and you know taking care of things outside of their bodies so they kind of let that go to the wayside Um, but one thing that i can say even uh dealing with my um husband was when i started to work and chisel and look good like he wanted to jump on and when i was able to help him lose 20 pounds in less than four weeks and he started to see how his body changed how he felt how much more energy he had then that's kind of like where you get the men and and also with men for them um as far as their body confidence it's like how am i gonna look and stand in the room with another man with another man like it's more of a like a alpha type thing Like, Mm -hmm. how do I, how does my structure stand up with them? But they aren't as hard on themselves as we are. And they take a little bit more time um, to get to a point to where, oh, let me go to the gym. Um, Even now, every gym that I've ever been to, every trainer that I've ever had, it's always been more women in there than men. But one thing about a man, once he gets on, he's usually on. And once he feels and sees himself in that manner, he usually keeps going. So um, so for men, it's it's not the same with them, but they do have confidence, body confidence issues and, and challenges as well. Even speaking back to my cousin, like, but his his challenge is a little bit different. He's very fit he looks freaking amazing, but it's like, how can I do more? How can I look better? How can I look better? That, that was his whole struggle. Um, but yeah, men, we're, we're so different in in so many, so many aspects. But one thing I do know about men, if they have a woman that know, and they know that that woman is a, is a priority of hers to take care of herself. Um, most men are either going to shrink or step up to the standard because at that point in time it what we do with our bodies also affects the way men look at us and how they handle us and 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 how they prioritize us by how we handle ourselves. so I think that that has a whole that's a whole conversation in itself in how we lead by example with health and wellness and how men will follow suit they they don't want to be you know they feel like they're superior and Mm -hmm. they don't really want to be inferior to the to the women even in their bodies even in their health so
0: yeah how do um how does a person detach from the unconscious conditionings that they have about how their body should look, right, thinking that I have to have a six pack, I have to have um I have to have this certain type of what people would define as thickness, or I gotta have a a a behind that you know b b l right all these different things that we unconsciously have or maybe consciously have and think that we have to change it. How can someone just appreciate the body that they got? You know what I mean? Like knowing that, cause and here's, and I think here's where I'm trying to go with this, right? So I used to be 240 pounds. Uh-huh. Okay. And I lost 80 pounds, but one of the things that I failed to understand and do was love my body in between, you know, I thought that, okay, if I got here, I love my body. But when I got there, I still felt like I needed to change something, whether it was some thighs, some legs, something. And mm-hmm. I was psychologically, I still had this body belief that my body should look a certain type of way. So I became so obsessed with it. And so I guess my point is, regardless if somebody wants to change their body or not, I'm, you know, cause I'm not here to, you know, but my question is, how can I, feel safe how can I feel secure how can I feel sexy in my body right now if if that makes sense
2: yeah and what I'm gonna say is gonna sound very very simple um and it's gonna be like it can't just be that but it is just this
1: mm-hmm.
2: um you have to make a decision to do it and you have to cut out the distractions I believe in motivators Right, I believe in having a visual of what it is you may want to look like. For instance, when I first hired my bodybuilding coach, he was like, what are your goals? I didn't give him a number goal. I didn't give him
1: Mm.
2: uh, a scale goal. I said, I want to look like a track star. That was it. And then I had it in my mind. And the reason why I think that images are important to have is because it helps you on the journey of knowing where you're going. But that's not to say to be consumed with it because if you're consumed with it, it can have all negative effects. And like you said, you'll get to a point where it's like, I need to change something. I need to change something. I need to change something. Mm -hmm. In those moments, I would encourage women to be like, even though you need to change that, what do you love though what are you proud about you know what I mean What what is it that you absolutely adore so yeah for me uh, even right now I want to lose a little bit more of my stomach but what do I love these shoulders these arms these back be backing you know what I mean this butt be button I love it <laughs> so you have to find the things that you absolutely love uh, that you know while you're Picking out those things that you still want to improve on and call it improvement. Don't beat yourself down about it. You know what I mean? And so if I were you Tanya, I would, if you're working with me, I'm going to constantly say, okay, but what do you love?
0: Mm -hmm. And that's a tough journey, you know, Mm -hmm. especially when you've been told when you've been body shamed, maybe your whole life.
1: Mm -hmm. Right.
0: So Mm -hmm. that was something that I had to unlearn. More so than losing the weight. I yeah. was like, I needed to unlearn what was told to me about yes. my body uh huh, um, and challenge up. and challenge that belief. Mm-hmm. Right. Instead of saying, well, you know what, I don't appreciate my body. Like knowing that this is the body that gets me up in the morning to yeah. take care of my affairs, to get to my kids functions. I had one of my clients tell me I love my womb because this is where I had my kids because we actually have to do an exercise in our pro- mm-hmm. in my program to really understand and to have a deep appreciation for your body. Yes. So that's why I, I really wanted people to understand it does start with making a decision yeah. in regards to how you see yourself in the mirror. Cause I remember you said something about mirror work, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, what is mirror work?
2: So it's simply getting a mirror Mm -hmm. getting naked and looking at yourself and appreciating yourself and even being real about the things that you don't like. Mm -hmm. And then saying, Hey, how can I change this? How can I change this for me though? Um, another step to it is being honest with yourself about what you don't like, why you don't like, where did those thought processes come from? Because it takes work to debunk those things, like you said, to unlearn and relearn other things, but you have to be honest about, okay, what was I told about my body? Why was it true or untrue? You know, what things shape the way I think about the way I look about myself? And do I believe that? And if I believe it, why? Mm. What about what I'm living and what I've learned? What, What are those things that align? And so you have to get to a point to where you can think your way through, ask certain questions, become very self-aware so that you can start to identify the lies that
0: you mm-hmm. were told. Mm-hmm. You I love identify.
2: that. Yeah, start to identify the lies that you've been told. And then look at the people that told them to you. Because a lot of time we accept other people's stories of us. You know what I mean? And they're Unqualified.
1: Extremely. They're,
2: they're, they're unqualified.
0: Mm-hmm. So or they put how, their own insecurities on it's you. It's their
2: own insecurities, and they're usually projecting.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. And because they didn't have the confidence enough to do what they needed to do for themselves, they project that onto other people. And that thing is true misery loves company. And people will figure out a way to help you in the name of just wanting you to be miserable along with them. And so you really have to find your truth. Your truth may be different than mine. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting up here 170 pounds right now. And when I tell most people, they can't believe it. Yeah, I'm 170 pounds. A lot of it is muscle. I, I want to, I, I have another look that I want to get to, but it's because that's how I want to look. It's not for anybody else. So when my mama was telling me, well, my mama gets mad at me because when I go down there she try to cook me bacon and I don't eat it, she's like, well, you grew up eating bacon and baby, <laughs> that's probably how I grew up. But that, that doesn't mean that's how I have to live my life. It right. doesn't mean that anything is wrong with me. This means that this is my preference. There are certain things that I've learned. Um, there's certain information that I've acquired over time that tells me that the vessel that I have that allows for me to do the work that God has allowed for me to do requires me to do something different. Yeah. And just because you and me, mom made it, this stuff ain't the same. And I, and I have, I have the ability and the opportunity to access more or to access better. And that's what I'm going to do. So you can't tell me anything about my body. You're not qualified to tell me about my body and the way I live and the way I roll. Like that, you're not qualified. So we we have to do that deep work. Like, where do you get this thought process from? And how do we, mm-hmm. how do we debunk it?
0: And then shutting it down, you know, mm-hmm. with all due respect. I mean, even with our parents, we love yeah. them. But some of the things that's been said, it just don't align. Yeah. And it's like, I love you, mom, Dad, sister, whomever. but let's just let's just stop this right now. like let's just let's put a pen in it because this is, right, setting that that boundary, right? So no, I, I I totally get it and and i and I love that, and I know we're kind of pressed for time, but I just um, I know you mentioned about making a decision and and choosing to see your body in a, in a different light and in a different perspective. And you already know somebody out there like, well, if I want to lose weight or if I want to gain weight, or if I want to achieve a certain body tone, I don't know about that Jasmine. How can I balance those goals and simultaneously love my body at the same time, or, you know, be on the journey of, of feeling confident in my body. And I, I think that can be the difficult part knowing that there are some things I want to change
1: mm-hmm.
0: that I desire to change. However, when I look in the mirror, I don't, I don't see what everybody else sees. How do I, how do I bring those together and still accomplish my goal?
2: Um, So it's, it's not as hard as people make it. Sometimes we make things a little bit harder than what it is. The hardest part mm-hmm. is making the decision. That's the hardest part. It is. The hardest part is making the decision because the confidence comes after, well, it comes before. It takes confidence to make the decision. And then once you make the decision and you start to piece, break it down piece by piece, go after it piece by piece, then you start to build confidence along the journey. Because sometimes, most times, oftentimes, women just start to focus on, is the are the pounds coming off? I didn't I didn't I didn't let my I didn't let my clients they couldn't get on a scale. Mm. They couldn't get on a scale. They had to find every any and everything else that they could find to celebrate a quick win, a small win. We celebrated it all. So of course when they first got into the program, they got a chance to step on the scale, tell me what it was, because we know we we go by numbers, whatever. And then at the very end, and my program was only 21 days. And so you got on that scale that first day. You sent me progress pictures every week. You didn't get on the scale to the end. And so I wanted my women, I, I my way of encouraging them, encouraging them to look at themselves, to look at their progress pictures. Because when you look at your pictures, you get to see what other people see. When you get to look at your side-by-side pictures, you get to see what other people see. So you have to start to find those small things along the journey that are working. We know what the big mm-hmm. goal is, but we're not focused there. We're focused on the, the the bits and pieces in between. And so once you feel those waste beads drop a little bit, right, we get excited. You celebrate that. When you could only do half a gallon of water, now you could do a whole gallon. You celebrate
1: mm-hmm. that. When you're no
2: longer dreading eating, um, not being able to eat a fast food meal, but you're actually looking forward to a good wholehearted meal, you celebrate that. And so you have to find other things to celebrate along the journey. That is what's going to build your confidence. Action is the only thing that builds confidence. Because, and and the thing with that, action is the only thing that's going to get you to a place to where you can be confident, to where you start to see the thing that you want to see in order to build your confidence. The only way to build confidence is to take action. And as you're taking that action, then you have to become very self-aware. That's a lot of work but you have to become very self-aware and be honest with yourself about what you're thinking, why you're thinking it, where is it coming from, dissecting it and debunking it and then replacing it with your truth, not somebody else's.
0: Mm -hmm. And that's a big action, right? So this action that I believe you're talking about is not just movement in terms of physical. Mm -hmm. It's about dying to what we've told ourselves in in terms of our belief system. So all these are different actions and, Realizing that, hey, it was a time where I used to replay all the time that my body wasn't enough. And I realized that, you know what? I'm slowly but surely detaching from that. Yeah. And I'm starting to see myself being, you know, desirable and lovable as I am at this present moment. That's a huge, that's a, that's a pretty big deal.
2: You just take, you just take it step by step. That's, that's really the only way to do it. It's, it's no, ladies, there's no quick fix. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, there's no sustainability in quick fixes anyways. Mm-hmm. And so it's about learning you, learning the things that work for you, adding in what makes you happy, what makes you go. But it is, it is, it's literally a step-by-step process. When I went back into the gym with my new trainer, I went in looking at all these women who to me look amazing. And mm-hmm. here I am at 220 pounds, heaviest I ever been, mm. a former bodybuilder
1: mm. um,
2: who was called a snapback queen, not because I did it one time, but because I did it too, baby. And I could snap back this third time. Like, I'm, I'm going in and I can only lift 10, 15, 20 pounds where I used to roll 75, 80, 90 pounds. Like, mm. that's the big difference. But Mm -hmm. I actually had to tell myself, you get up and you show up every day. I I put it on my calendar. I prioritized it. I started to create the life around what I knew I needed to do for myself in order to be able to do everything else. That is the real, that is the real work. Telling yourself and giving yourself, telling yourself it's okay. Giving yourself the permission to prioritize yourself. Giving yourself the permission to love yourself right where you are. To tell yourself that in this moment, even with the things that I do not like, I am still enough.
1: Mm-hmm. That I'm
2: still here for a purpose and for a reason. And believing that. See, a lot of women don't believe it. You have to believe it.
1: It is. Yeah. And
2: when you start to believe that in yourself, it you motivate yourself.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You become very disciplined. And you motivate yourself. And then next thing you know, it's like, oh. I'm going to the gym. Oh, I'm gonna go to the gym. I just started going to the gym three days a week. I started going to the, when I hired my trainer, my new trainer. I started going to the gym three days a week. Then three days a week became four days a week, and then one workout a day became two workouts a day. I found a way to fit in my schedule, but that's what worked for me. Right. And as I seen myself slimming down, it was like, okay, <laughs> y'all gonna mess around and, and let your <laughs> girl get back. And boom, before I knew it, I was there. Mm-hmm. I was there. And now do I have other goals? Yeah. But am I pressed about them? Not so much because I know I'm going to get there.
0: Right. And, but the, And they're they, they, goals that you wanted. This is not someone's telling you just what you need to do. And I think that's the very, like, why are you doing what you're doing? Mm-hmm. And that was very, very important. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that. I know you talked about bringing Black Fitness Mommy back you going you going to bring it back look at me you bringing it back girl <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know what so
2: black fitness mommy is um on the submerge it okay. is it is coming back she's coming back a little bit differently because um i mm. love the conversation that we're having most times um you get trainers um and you get these plans and there's a very specific way to do everything and one thing that I that's different about the bodybuilding me and the lifestyle fit me is that when you're bodybuilding you have to be very strict very structured um because you're doing something very specific when you're doing this as a lifestyle change mm-hmm. the most important thing to do is to enjoy it
0: mm, I love that you said that yeah
2: it's to enjoy it mm-hmm. So black fitness mommy um my my program is is coming back. It's gonna come back a little bit different. I'm thinking about doing oh I am going to do something digital. Um, but even when I work with my clients now, my focus is messaging movement, and motivation. That's what it is, even with working with my clients because I believe that a lot of the work that high achieving women who are in this market space, whether you're a career woman or you're in entrepreneurship, because I do both, you know, I got nine to five side hustle and I run my business. It takes a level of self-prioritization for me to be able to accomplish all those things. It takes movement in my mind, spirit, and my body in order for me to have the capacity to do the things that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, So um, having a program where there are specific categories that you need to fill but you fill them up with the things that you would enjoy to do that you would enjoy doing that will get you to your goal so say for instance if there is 20 to 30 minutes of movement today uh, a day today what does that look like for you Mm -hmm. for me it's going to be hitting that gym. But for you, it could be a Tabata class. It could be simply walking. It could be Pilates, but you have to prioritize that into your day. Like that Mm -hmm. is the goal. What does body maintenance look like for you this week? right? Because a lot of people don't know that they go to the gym, they work out, um, and they don't get any maintenance on their bodies. And a lot of people don't hit their goals because you're doing all this wear and tear on your body, but you're not getting any maintenance, right? Mm, So what does body maintenance look like? Does it look like your massage today? Does it look like some grasping work? Like, okay. Also in the category, what's going to make you feel beautiful today? Like Mm, what is something that you would do that's going to make you feel absolutely stunning today? Okay. And you're going to do that. So that's how black fitness mommy is coming about because I really want women to start to internalize and start to go inward to see what is it that I enjoy and how can I incorporate those things that I enjoy in a very healthy way to move me to my body goals if I have them? So what about the food? Of, um, out of this stagnation that I may have in my business right now. Um, mm-hmm. I have a coach that says you can't build a business bigger than you build yourself. And I take it a little bit further and I say you can't build anything bigger than you build yourself. Whether it's your business, whether it's your family, whether it's your romantic and romantic relationships platonic um, relationships with your friends you are no better than what you you can give no better than what you give yourself mm-hmm. and so that's what black fitness mommy is is going to be about how can you continue to self-prioritize prioritize yourself and pour into yourself so that you can fulfill all of these things and not in the way that society says that you mm-hmm. have to but taking things that society has built mm-hmm finding out what are those things that you totally enjoy, incorporating them into this skeletal plan and meeting your goals. That's how Black Fitness Mommy is going to come back.
0: I love that. What about the food part of it all? Like just knowing their relationship with the food because...
2: So right now, my trainer, he has a phenomenal, phenomenal nutrition line. And one thing about me, that's really um, the the core of the physical part most people think is going to the gym no I lost my first 20 pounds after Caleb with just food because I couldn't move um I, I couldn't do a lot of stuff because I had two kids at that time and then the next 10 pounds that I lost when I could when I was immobile with Kingston which was my youngest came from the food and so it's all about nutrition. So even right now, I have uh, become a part of his business. um It's called Shake Some Cafe. I've become a part of his business, and we have he has great natural products depending um depending on what it is what your goals are. So great meal replacements, great protein shakes, um, great things for people who might want to build and tone muscle, who, who like to lift the way that I do. But those people who listen, I'm on the go. I'm on the move. Um, What can I eat? What can I grab? What's going to be good? Um, And so uh, that was another thing that made Black Fitness Mommy very, very successful is because I taught nutrition. I taught nutrition and you only had to move 20 minutes a day. That was the cap. But, But learning these labels, learning how your body works, learning what should or should not be going into women's bodies at what different stages um different um things that you can do um as far as like fasting what that looks like for you what it may not look like for you what are the changes that all of those things it's mostly about nutrition you can lose weight without even moving it's just that the movement speeds it up And the movement, again, your motion affects your emotions. And a lot of women make emotional decisions. So I need you in a very good emotional state to even go inward, to make the decision, to do the things that you need to do for yourself. That's going to help you be confident and continue on your journey. So that's why I get people, that's why I get them up and moving in the way that they feel like it's necessary and good for them at that moment. Um, But yeah, I teach nutrition as well. That's the oh, I love
0: one. that. I love that. So, it's a little bit of rebranding there, restructuring oh, yeah. there, and that that goes in even just your own personal experiences now. Um especially your last experience with your with your child. I'm sure it, it changed
1: mm-hmm.
0: a lot of things in terms of yeah. how you see things. And I I get it. <laughs> I've lost weight so many times. Um Lord have mercy. I've I've done it like 2 to 3 times and I was like, "Okay, why am mm-hmm. I really doing this?" And one of the things that I realized what helped me um, because this year I did have a goal to lose weight, but it wasn't it had nothing to do with for somebody else. I needed to drop about twenty pounds because I was sluggish, mm-hmm. and I have too many I have a lot of things you know that I'm doing, and my energy is so vital. Um, my mm-hmm. energy has changed a lot um over the last few years, yeah, and it's certain foods that my body just don't like. It's like yeah. mm. and it's not even the fact that it's what would society would consider unhealthy it was just mm-hmm. it just didn't work for my body so I had to learn my body again learn what it likes what it doesn't like yeah self-awareness just all these types of things and so that was my my biggest motivator was just having the energy because my energy was off and I was like I gotta I gotta have my energy and so um I'm
1: any final words
2: because oh that's, that's, sorry go, go ahead a, I'm glad you said that because that's the one reason why I have chosen the space of high achieving women.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You're a high achieving woman. Yeah. Yes. And most high achieving women, especially at our ages, most women are moms. Now, if they're not moms, they're my fit aunties. We we're good there too. Um, but we have so many things that we have to do. We're, we're, we're a part of um businesses we have our own businesses we have our own careers we have our Mm -hmm. children we have to take care of and so Mm -hmm. it's very important that while we're giving all of us to all of these demanding things that when we pour into ourselves that things are just a little bit easier for them for us easy um, on us mentally spiritually and emotionally but effective yeah. Because I think that we've ingrained in our minds that in order for th-
0: anything to work, it has to be hard. It doesn't- Oh, listen. Oh, girl. It ain't got to- That be is hard. so- And let me tell you, you know what else I discovered? When I lost this weight, when I was 29, I went hard on my body.
1: Mm-hmm. And I
0: realized that my body doesn't like that kind of hard anymore. Mm-mm. I don't have to- That hour stuff, it's like, uh-uh, 30 minutes, girl. That's all you getting out of me. And that was something I had to unlearn because Mm -hmm. I thought everything had to be, you know, I like a little challenge. Don't get me wrong. But the intensity of what I did at 29, and I'm like, you don't have to do that. Your body is too much. And I was like, you can actually overly work out. And I was right. And I was like, okay, you got to unlearn this, Tanya. Like it was, that was hard for me because I did, you know, I love me some Sean T. And when he had that insanity, that's how I lost my weight. When I was 29, yeah. but baby, I'm not doing, I love Shaunti, but baby, not, not now. Like, we're going to have to do something. Else. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, I funny.
2: it's funny. We, um, my, my trainer last, last year, every year he has this thing called diet December where he mm-hmm. gives us a specific plan. He gives us these goals. I had, and it's funny cause he came around and he told me what my goal was. And I had already told myself what my goal was and his goal was lower <laughs> than what my goal was. So baby, like, again, I do this for me. And so I noticed that some of the younger girls were like, what are you doing? And, right. and they would literally be working out three, four times a day. Y'all can do that. I need to get this in in the morning. I'm gonna go do my 20 minutes of cardio after I do this class and this class. And I'm doing this class because I love it. They're fun to me. I like pushing heavy weight. I just, I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I'm gonna go do this, uh, third, this 20 minutes of cardio and it's not gonna be anything hard or strenuous because I just did all this hard work. I'm gonna eat well. I'm gonna eat well and I'm gonna rest more. That's mm, another key. That point.
0: part, the, yeah.
2: It's the resting. People the resting. don't know that. That's not like the secret, Jim. That's not a secret. People think, mm-hmm. oh, I gotta do all of this. No, go sleep. Go, go sleep. to bed.
1: Look.
0: go rest. Yes. Go rest. Oh my God, that is. Yeah. No, that's that's really good. Um, any final words that you would like to share with anybody?
2: Um, choose you and watch everything else. Choose you too. Keep yourself at the top of your (laughs) party list. Um, Stay active, stay moving, stay motivated. Um, Feed your mind, feed your spirit, feed your soul with the things that you love and enjoy. Um, And everything to me is centered around movement. Anything that is not moving or growing, it is dying. So keep yourself in motion.
0: I love that. I love that. Where can people find you, Jasmine.
2: Oh, y'all can find me on the Instagram <laughs> at the Desmond Reynolds underscore. That's where I hang out the most. I do have other platforms, but if you want to check me out, kind of see my journey, everything is on my page. Um, though I do social media marketing, messaging, you probably won't find that the well, way you may find it on some other gurus pages. So that's just not how I roll. Um, but I, I like to speak to my audiences authentically through who I am. Remember, I am all about magnifying your message and connecting with your audience on a very authentic level. And, uh, you know, turning those clients into paying clients, potential clients into paying clients without ever whatever having to sell I am the type of person where I really believe that I'm going to show you my journey and show you what I'm doing. If you want to be a part of what I'm doing, you'll reach out.
0: Yeah. Jasmine, Jasmine had me cracking up on her page too. Sometimes Jasmine had me rolling. I'm like, she is so crazy. Jasmine say stuff that people wish they could say, or people would love to say, she just said it for you. So I, I, I absolutely love Jasmine's page. Um, very authentic and it's her. It's her personality and and I absolutely love it. So I put everything down in the show notes and Jasmine, thank you so much for taking some time to chat with me and and chat with everybody this week. And I I hope that, you know, we, you know, women start to look at, you know, how they've been looking at their bodies and and how to start appreciating them, you know, you know, on their journey. So um, thank you so much. And I appreciate it.
2: Thank you for having me. I appreciate
0: it. All right. I'll check you later. All right. All right.